2: Welcome to Festpot, the unofficial rock festival guide. I'm Neil Wilkinson, and uh, we are back for our 50th episode. 50th? Ooh. Yeah, 50th. Oh my God, we're getting old. Wow. <laughs> yes. So let's welcome my fellow hosts. Um, now, uh, from, uh, let's have a look here, from Wales, from North Wales, uh, just off the A494. <laughs>
3: Absolutely, just off the A494. <laughs> we have Rich Holmes. Hello there, sir. How are you this fine October evening?
2: I'm all right, I'm all right. Um, we, we've got a special uh, episode planned, so I'm a little bit... Uh, uh, I don't know to I'm nervous,
3: but I'm, I'm sort of I'm um, excited. Excited, aroused, erect. I'm all of them. All um, of that. It, it, it's it's the big five-zero, nearly your oh, age. Man. Fuck right off! Half a century of episodes. This is special, baby. Boom,
2: boom, boom. And then we head. We let's let's head south. Let's go south. Uh, to he's Jewish. He's Jewish. He's not due east, is he? He's down south. <laughs> a bit of both in the midlands yeah yeah a bit of both he's a bit of both uh in you to <laughs> sir, just off the a50, off the a50. <laughs> it's shorty e welcome shorty hello hello e.
4: hello hello how are we are We good
2: we are good it's, it's... how has
4: your october been <laughs> honestly october has been lovely we are some days in it's 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 been pretty special it's been busy with with work and, and real life stuff but but we're yeah. good, we're here at the 50th episode. That's I know, I can't
2: believe it. Um, so uh, we've we've got exciting things. Um, but before we get into the excitement, let's encourage you to follow us on the socials if it's perhaps your first time watching us. Um, just search for FestPod on all the socials. Not all of them, because some of them seem to be disappearing. Some new ones are appearing. We don't quite know what's going on with the social media. Uh, But for the ones that we're on, FestPod is what you need to search for. And um, if you like the show and you'd like to support us, we're also on Patreon. So search FestPod there as well. Um, If you're listening to us on your podcast app, then have a little tickle up on YouTube because we're live there too. And if you're watching this on YouTube, have a little tickle up on your podcast (laughs) app and take us with you.
3: Hello, YouTube. Hi, YouTube. We're real people. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh,
2: we have the amazing Adam Gregory with us (gasps) for our 50th episode. Um, He is the festival director, or one of the festival directors, for Bloodstock Open Air. Uh, So, we'll be having a good old chat with him shortly. So, um, what I'd like to do first is just have a little chat. Just have a little chat with my fellow hosts, just to say hi and just to have a, it because it's the first one uh, back since festival season finished and you know i just want to check in on you and just make sure you're doing all right and have you have you put your tent away and no you know are you <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <I'm not. laughs> i'll be, I'll be honest is. it's it's october and, and my tent and a lot of my camping shit is just sat on my dining room table i've not done anything with it
2: no really way I've,
4: I've 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 got my tent out after bloodstock and like re-rolled it and dried out a little bit but other than that it's just sat on my dining room table
2: i i'm acting all outraged but my my uh my tent is <laughs> by the front door
3: <laughs> I, my, 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 mine is in bin bags on the shed and not back in its bag yet or rolled up so i think we're all guilty of this aren't we? that's it
2: because you cut me this is the thing after a festival you come back and you just you get all the stuff out the car shove it wherever it, there's space, and gradually over the next few months things might get put back in places
3: yeah, we, we've got no excuse neil we, we 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 didn't camp at bloodstock we we stayed at a cottage we went cottage yes, yeah very true and, when did you last
4: use your tent yeah, <laughs> yeah
3: let's not let's, let's go there but, yeah so in this in this circumstance this circumstance only anyone's got one up on us.
4: Yes, he has. It's not one up that I'd like to have. I'll be honest. Like, a dialogue is just a writer. I did put some chairs away the other day, but that's only because they stayed in the car after Bloodstock, and then we took them to a barbecue, <laughs> <laughs> and then they've only just come out of the car. <laughs> but that's, that's um, the reason.
2: So uh, we've we've had there is there's little bits of there's there's trickles of festival news um, that's around at the moment. But what we'll do is we'll get into festival news next. Next year, on all the things that are coming up, let's look back at Bloodstock this year, which um, we've we've certainly got our money's worth out of. I I think. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) We've we've talked about it a lot, Um, but just to put a cherry on that cake, here's Adam Gregory.
3: What a lovely cherry he is too. (laughs) What a lovely cherry he is too. He'll love that, I'm sure. I'm sure he will.
2: all right so we're very lucky to be joined by adam gregory from bloodstock welcome to fest pod thank you thank you for having me looking forward to it so uh at the time of recording it is mid-october and uh, we've had a bit of a chance to calm down from this year's bloodstock open air yeah uh are you how are you
0: reflecting on this year's event um to be fair we've probably literally just about finished um mopping up from this year really. You know, paying the bills and you know, sort of getting the bills paid and all that type of stuff. And we've got debrief starting, funny enough, this week ready for twenty twenty four. So um yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been a good one. Another good one, which is great. Sounds like non stop then uh, takes take up your whole life I'm imagining it then. Yeah, well believe it or not, Vicky's already talking to bands for twenty five. So oh. yeah, it's it's um it's certainly a more than a year round thing, which is great. I mean, it prevents me from having a proper job, which is even better. So <laughs> <laughs> that, That's all any of us want in life. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, so have you come from a normal job at all? Did you have a normal job and then you've had to put all your time into Bloodstock?
0: Yeah. I mean, I was um, working as a fleet manager for a, a well-known um, Japanese motor brand uh, for 18 years while I was doing Bloodstock. So it's only really been the last four or five years that i've been full-time on it and rachel joined me full-time probably three years ago three four years ago so there's this kind of two of us full time you know vicky's still got a day job so she you knows she has to do everything she does plus work properly as well um so yeah you know and, and my dad just does what my dad does keeps coming up with new ideas and being creative and so painting cool. pictures that's oh, yeah. amazing.
3: So obviously, like your your dad started Bloodstock, didn't he, all those years yes. ago? And so you said about you've been with the festival for like eighteen years. So we we were you involved in the very
0: kind of first incarnation mm. of it. Yeah, I mean, um, it was it was Paul and Vince um, that originally started it back in two thousand uh, with the first one happening in two thousand and one as of one day, you know. And back then, I think Vicky and Rachel were on the stalls doing merch. Um, I was kind of just really backstage trying to find something to do, you know, whether it was going out buying riders for the bands or picking bands up from hotels. It's you know, you do you do everything and anything at that time. We had no clue what we were doing. So it was a case of anything was was kind of exciting just to be involved.
2: Would you say that you've managed to find your role? I mean, is is it something that's developed over the years and you've thought, right, I'm comfortable doing this, so this is what I'm gonna do.
0: Yeah, I mean I've I've kind of um, my background's kind of sales and um logistics and and i'm a very I'm, I'm generally quite organized and have quite a pragmatic brain so you know that kind of suits and sits well working with rachel um as we kind of do a lot of the infrastructure side of it we do the, non, the non-glory bits that you know rachel gets no <laughs> thanks for at all which is you know it's all the accounting and the paperwork and the contract approvals and things like that uh we work with you know some great people from sd productions that are, are very sort of skilled and knowledgeable in what they do um, you know, and over the years, we've kind of developed and honed certain skill sets. You know, Vicky's great with booking the bands with Simon. Um, you know, Rachel's great, sort of back of house with me, and, and I sort of excel on that, plus a bit of sponsorship and marketing and the creative side of things when we're sort of looking at bringing in the new bits. I always bring in the new bits, and everyone goes, oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It's the scary bits that they don't want to do. I mean, it's like when I said this year, yeah, I think we should kind of do binge jousting now properly for next year. It's like, ooh, I don't know. But we're doing it anyway, so we'll see.
3: Uh, I mean, that, 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 that leads us on to a wonderful question of... of oh, why what Why? I mean, obviously, I know for health and safety reasons why it's such a hot topic, but yeah. what made you actually finally like, legalise it, if you like, and
0: how much pushback did you get? The pushback generally is from health and safety and, and, and rightly so, because, you know, most years people have kind of ended up injured and hurt and whatnot doing it. But the problem is, as much as we've tried to stop it and we have tried to stop it, we've pulled the bins out. We've took the wheels off bins. We've chained the bins. And they still all they do, you take the wheels off, you just get 10 extra people pushing and then you've got <laughs> divots in the soil. So, you know, we've, we've kind of come to the, the sort of realisation that if to a degree you can't beat then you've kind of really got to join them. And if we're going to do it and we're going to allow it, we need to sort of bring in some rules and we need to bring in some safety measures. So there'll be crash mats, there'll be helmets, we'll put some extra padding around the bins. It, you know, we don't want to take away from the raw fun, but we've got to make sure that we try and make sure everyone's having a safe, enjoyable time. You uh, know, we had, a, we had a guy a few years ago who I think he'd been at the festival 20 minutes, went straight into the bin jousting and then spent the weekend in hospital with a few broken oh, bones. Yeah. So, you know, we don't want that. We're no, like- nobody <laughs> wants that. Ben I mean, I mean, no. b- b- jousting is one of the, the
3: kind of the legendary things of Bloodstock. And I mean, I'm, I'm not in any shape to participate in Ben jousting. Sadly, however, I'm thinking we should not enter right. a Pod team next year, maybe. Um, <laughs> I, 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 it sounds like a logistical nightmare. And obviously you're, you're putting things in place to kind of mitigate that risk.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, are,
0: you, are you still worried at all? you're always going to be I mean you know to a degree you know how far do you go you know you could look at uh, you know sort of mosh pits they could be dangerous you know there's there's anything that that involves any kind of physical activity physical contact could be considered you know a concern but you're not going to stop mosh pits and you know you're not going to stop as much as we as hard as we've tried the binge jousting you know maybe even a little bit of reverse psychology because we said you can do it maybe they won't. <laughs> and now
3: it's legalized. It's not taboo anymore. People don't want to do Ah, oh, I like it. Yeah, They're we thinking... can't
0: be naughty anymore. We need to find something else to do. So um,
3: you have, you know, are, you, so... are you having to kind of buy your own bins for that so you
0: don't damage the contractor ones? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the reason we the reason, you know, again, it's not purely down to safety. That's obviously the biggest factor to it. But generally, we tend to get hit with between anywhere between sort of five and nine thousand pounds worth of cost every year when they just do it on their own um, because we get charged. For all the damage to all the bins, and they don't sort of repair them; they replace them. And you know, it's they gave them to us in good condition; they expect them back in good condition. So, um, you know, and it's one of those things you try and mitigate costs wherever you can because you want to keep the ticket pricing as low as you can without having to keep putting increases in. But then sometimes people don't help themselves. So we, you know, we've thought well if we buy a few bins, um, we I've got a body shop guy ready to sort of on standby to. To pad them out and reinforce them so that they're safe, uh, or as safe as can be, and then we'll sort of see where we go from there. And I bet
2: this is not a, a road you thought you'd have to go
0: down. No, never. When... <laughs> <laughs> never. To be honest, we thought, ah, oh, they'll get bored in a year or two, and we'll stop it, and they'll be on to something else. <laughs> but no, um, it's become, you know, and, and to be fair, it's almost a bit of a rite of passage of bloodstock, I think, for Midgard. You know, and and it's kind of honed its own home. You've got a, a lad called Top Hat, who's who's sort of. The instigator slash compare slash manager of of that, if you like. So we've embraced him officially as well, and bring him on board, bring him on the payroll. Yeah. <laughs> it, he, seems, he always seems to be that guy that starts it all every year. So it's like, well, okay, fine, let's do it. Let's do it properly, and and see how see how we go with it. We'll still have the inflatables, of course. We bought inflatables make, in this year, I'm so of sign disclaimers, or there will be a disclaimer. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there has to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You can't be uh, held liable for any of this. No, no. You know, we don't
0: want the full start. We don't want them doing it. But if they are going to do it, we need to make it as safe as we can. Are you going to partake? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not. No, no, no.
3: <laughs>
0: that was a blase. Don't quote me on that one. No, I'm not. I will be doing what I normally do. I'll be watching from afar.
2: It's just one of the things that makes Bloodstock unique. Um, yeah. I mean, do you look at other festivals
0: and try to be different no i don't necessarily think we try to be different we just try to be bloodstock you know i think we've been doing it 23 years we've been doing it a long time 24 years next year um you know we've been around a while not by any means going to say we're the best at it in the world or the worst at it in the world what we do seems to work we listen to the fans we engage as closely as we can Um, you know we don't sit in offices backstage Hoping everything's okay. We go out amongst the crowd. We have a walk around. You know, we're saying hello to people talking, getting feedback in real time, you know, because like for our sake, if there's something not working, I don't want to hear about it on Monday, Tuesday. Myself and Rachel need to know about it as it's not working because then we can implement a change and a fix. So for us, I think we want to, we want people to experience what we would want to experience at a show and at a festival. So it's important that you actually are in touch with every touch point, car parking, camping. You know, and we, we get the feedback, we listen to the fans. So you can't get everything done every year that people want. But we, you know, where there's a call for certain things to be done by, you know, a, a number of people, then we'll try and action that. I, th-
3: I think that kind of really shines through with with how the festival's organised is you want the best. You, you, you make your music fans at the end of the day mm, who... Yeah. And that's the festival that you want to go to. And that, that kind of, that kind of family atmosphere and environment really, really kind of shines through. And I'm, you know, I've been happier to, to bring my kind of at the time seven year old stepdaughter with me, which I'd never dream of doing that to kind of like a download, if you like, because just yeah. number of people, size, assholes, but I've never experienced, I mean, obviously there will be, but I've never experienced any kind of, Bad blood at bloodstock,
0: if you pardon the expression, but it's like yeah, it
1: just, it's,
0: it's family, it's family yeah. it's home, yeah. I mean generally look, generally it's not, you know, I'll always say whenever you get a, a collection of people you can always get the odd bad egg that, that sort of turns up or two, you know, I think it's important for us that we weed those people out as quickly as we can and we deal with them, appro- you know, appropriately at the time, you know, I don't want Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, people walking away thinking it was great, but you know, because somebody ruined it you know, and, and the the worst part about it is not everybody always reports something as it's happening. They kind of deal, try and deal with it quietly or grumble about it or ignore it. I don't want them doing that. You know, we want them anything negative, aggressive, abusive. Uh, we want to know about it straight away so that we can go and at least have a conversation and, and try and nip it in the bud. So, um, you know, where those those negatives can happen. And, you know, I will never sit and say any gathering of people, you won't get that. But if it does happen, we want to know about it straight away.
2: Um, I get that there's no average festival day, but generally, um, what does an operational day
0: look like for you at the festival? The festival itself. Mm. You you literally turn up and see what happens. You know, and and it's it's kind of bizarre that you think that's the state of play, but obviously, again, are looking for the sponsors and the, the brand partners and etc. You know, we, we have a team of people that go out there and make sure they're all happy. Myself and Rachel are in the office. Generally, we have a meeting in the morning before we open the gates with every department head. So um, health and safety, fire, licensing, sound, you know, um, all all the medics, everybody that sort of turns up. And we do this meeting three times, three, four times a day. Um, and we want to have a progress. You know, how are the gates looking, how are the campsites looking, any issues, any problems being reported? um you know and, and so we, we're doing that quite regularly we'd love to be out there sort of just standing there watching the bands but you don't because ultimately you end up juggling plates because something's not working quite quite right or we've got this issue we could we need to deal with and the fans won't know about it because we like to think and we hope to think we're on everything as it's happening um and we want the experience of the fans while they're there to be seamless and it's that old adage isn't it you know it's a swan on the river and the leads pamphlets happening like crazy underneath, but ultimately the serenity on top is what shines through. So I think for us, you know, myself and Rachel get very, very busy. And because we are touching every single point, I like to think that we know everything that's happening, to the smallest thing to the biggest thing. So if if security, for example, I've had to deal with somebody, we know about it kind of ritually as it's happening in real time. Wow. Um if there's a a fire hazard or something like that, we know about it in real time. We've got a good communication team around us and everything's reported back because ultimately we're responsible for everything. So we have to make those calls and those decisions kind of on the on the, the hop, if you like, sort of every minute of every day. Um, we get there, I mean, I certainly get there around about 7, 7.15 in the morning and I'm probably leaving on show days, certainly at between 12 midnight and 2 a.m., something like that, depending on what's going on. Um, but we'll have a walk across the stages, make sure the sound monitoring and the sound levels are okay. Um, we have phone lines that the residents, local residents can call in on in case there's any sound concerns or, or, um, anything else like that that we need to sort of be aware about. And we have a monitoring team that's out 24-7 across the festival, literally just measuring sound at designated points around the, around the sort of the area that we, we operate. So there's a lot of people don't know about.
3: <laughs> I, I i I really appreciate it i used to uh, um be security event manager for uh an event that was about thirty thousand people yeah it, know. It, it was a sing, it was a single point though there wasn 't kind of like multiple venues it was a single <laughs> venue and you 're right like the noise monitoring your health and safety local authorities safety advisory group all, all of that just it's constant go and i I'd love, to, I'd love to be your shadow for a day on, on, on a festival day because it's all, it's all well and good kind of being that kind of like security director for one arena. And I, I guess, you know, festival is an arena. Yeah. But having multiple stages, having, I mean, you know, we, we were supposed to be catching up with you during the festival, but it started pissing down, didn't it? Yeah. And, and, um, you, you were off because the stage was getting flooded. And it's like, that's, that's how I remember that kind of operational stuff is you yeah. just, t- you turn your hand to anything, you just yeah, pitch basically. in with anything you need. And it's just
0: like, that's how yeah. it comes together and how it works. It's, I love it. It's great. I mean, I've, I've been involved over the years in putting fencing together and, you know, sort of every, every job, you just, everybody just mucks in and gets on with it. Um, but it, it shines through on how important it is to have a good team around you, you know, so having great production managers, stage managers, uh, you know, site teams, uh, stage crews uh, and everything else like that. You know, all the all the people and the volunteers that we work with as well, and the bar group, bar teams. Everybody on site has that kind of same ethos that they've kind of de- we've developed over the years. Because it's not just oh, it's another show. It's bloodstock, and people tend to sort of. The feedback we get anyway is people tend to sort of view it quite differently because they really look forward to working it because it's a great experience. You know, we don't. To me, everybody is is equal. There's nobody that's sort of bigger or better or higher or lower than anybody else. We all just do different things, you know, and without one person doing one element of whatever they're doing, you know, the, the show can't go on. It's as simple as that, you know, even even as much as the cleaning teams, which people think, oh, you know, oh, the cleaners. No, they are critical. Yeah. You know, you get to a site in the morning and the stage opens and you've got no rubbish or anything in the arena from the day before. Nobody really appreciates the amount of work that the guys have had to do throughout the night to make that happen. You know, it's monumental. And then after the festival as well, putting the site back to its original condition, ultimately before we arrived, is huge. You know, and to me, they're probably one of the most important teams of the whole show, you know, and, and, and everything they do is, is hugely appreciated. So everybody has a role and, you know, everyone is as important as the next person for certain. So it's a huge team. Hmm. um but obviously you do work with family yeah so how's that here's the thing if you work for a normal company you can't swear at them very much you can't say your true emotions and true feelings when you work with family you can and to a degree get away with it you know because it's and it and it's not because you're being overly aggressive either of us and i'm guilty of it Vicky's guilty of it you know rachel to a less far lesser degree because she's always the the moderator usually when me and Vicky have a falling out, um, or some or me, me and one of the other team members. But basically, yeah, I think because there's so much passion involved in what we do, to try and deliver the best possible, you know, sort of experience right across the board, from booking bands to entertainment to bars to everything, it can get colourful. Um, you know, and we've had it, we've had it pre-show, post-show, during the show, where we've had fallings out. You know, and and. I would say working with us is quirky and you get used to those quirks. <laughs> I'm trying to be polite. You know, it's, 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 you get used to those quirks and it's one of those things that I, I guess we're kind of a little bit um, unique for for uh, compared to a lot of other shows. I, I suppose the, the biggest question
3: from that about about working with family is who would win an R wrestle between you and Vicky?
0: Well, probably Vicky. You know, who knows? I don't and I'm not into that kind of stuff. I'll just give—I'll give it give that one because this is probably going to go live. So can
2: we talk about Metal to the Masses? Mm, definitely. Uh, obviously, it's run by Simon Hall now. Yeah. Uh, but what does it mean to you and um, and and to the festival to have a nationwide? battle of bands competition culminating in the winners taking a place on your new blood stage I mean it must be so exciting
0: it's, it's lifeblood I mean Simon refers to it as very much as the heartbeat of the festival and he's not wrong um you know we, we've got to invest Paul Paul my dad obviously you know is his original concept you know he's an artist by trade and and a very creative individual and he's he's one of these believers in in sort of forging the new the new sort of era if you like of of bands and and artists alike and for him it was very much along the lines of you know he wanted to support new upcoming bands and give them an honest true platform that wasn't pay to play or you've got to sell tickets or you've got to bring so many people along or anything else like that you haven't got to put a retainer in or whatever all you have to do turn up give it your best let's see what happens and and it you know back when we started it it was tough because when you're doing a metal to the masses show or any kind of band competition the instant reaction from promoters and from fans and bands was oh here we go it's, it's another battle of the band's competition and what's it going to cost and it took a long time and a lot of work from Simon to convince people it was honest and it was true um, you know it's not a battle of the fans when it comes to picking winners it's down to whoever's judging on that day and predominantly on the finals we trying Simon tries to get to all the shows as much as he can um, and he's certainly going to make more of a concerted effort this year to see if he can do every show, which he was talking to me about the other day. You know, it has to be about the band's physical performance on the day. You know, can they deliver in front of a crowd and give the best possible show? Because we want not only the best bands found, we want the best sort of show for the fans, but we want to see a band that comes through, that put themselves through a lot of work to get there. What happens after Bloodstock? Don't just disappear into the ether and never to be seen again. You know it's i think it's got to be around for, for certainly for bands anyway um how they present themselves and how they promote themselves at the festival itself what opportunities do they take if they turn up do this do their bit and then go and get absolutely smashed the chances are that's going to be their pinnacle but if they turn up and think you know we've had a couple of drinks we're enjoying it we've done a great show right i can go and speak to press i can go and do a meet and greet with the fans i can go and speak to sort of agents and managers you know and try and get us that next show that's next gig the Bloodstock show itself should be a stepping stone. That's, it, that's all it should be. It's, it's a step up. Simon does his best, as does Vicky, to keep an eye on the bands that come through, um, and see if we can elevate those to high stages years at the years, you know, two, three, four, however many years later. And we've done that with plenty of bands over the years that, that have kind of got up to that, that sort of next level and have promoted themselves up through their own hard work, you know, and it's great to see that element to it because you're seeing a level of progression. So, we want to find the next Maiden, Metallica, you know, um, Sabbath, whoever else it may be that's out there. And they're there. They just don't have the platforms out- outside of what we're doing, really, in a commercial sense. I think It's, it's a wonderful initiative. And,
3: you know, I've, I've attended many of the heats and finals regionally. Uh, and then seeing some of what become your new favourite band, the new Blood Stage. It's my, my favourite stage at Bloodstock. It's, it's just there's so much diversity in, in the actual yeah. kind of... The genres that are actually on stage yeah. and just the untapped talent. And we see it from the flip side this year where these bands actually approached us as a podcast to, to speak with us and get, get their name out, get their images out. Mm. And it was just, just seeing what it meant to them. And yeah. they all spoke so highly of Simon and, and the whole Mount Mal- of the Masters program that I think it's, it's an
0: absolute credit to the festival. It really is. Mm. It's a credit to Simon. It's a credit to the bands, and, and I think the biggest credit goes to the fans that support it. Because you've you said yourself you've been to these finals, and a lot of these shows sell out, you know. And these these are unsigned bands that people generally haven't heard of, but are being massively supported by the fan base. And yeah. I think that's so important for for that to happen that you know they feel as though there's a future for them because people being are, are encouraged by success, you know. And when they get a good fan base following them, they, they're going to keep pushing forward. You know, And they're going to have the hard shows, but if they can have the wins such as Bloodstock and the Metal to the Masters, Heats, Finals, etc., I think that's worth its weight in gold.
2: Um, One of the things that – well, it was my first time at Bloodstock this year, just to let you know. Um, And one of the things that I thought was great was the fact that you announced next year's headliners Mm. during the festival. Yes. um, Which I just think is a great way of, A, selling tickets for next year. Yeah, um, But it does, it cuts out a lot of the sort of speculation and, you know, people know what they're getting. People know exactly what's coming and they yeah. can get sort of uh, excited for it. And, and uh, is do you think, because the thing is, you look at a lot of other festivals who don't release their lineups for whatever reason until, you know, months and months and months later. Yeah. But I really uh, was impressed actually, because it really gets the crowd going. It's a, uh, um, it's it's a great sort of topic of conversation for everybody. Um, is that do you think that's is, is it a sort of special thing for, for Bloodstock to do?
0: Because it seems unique. I don't think it's necessarily unique to Bloodstock. I just think it's the fact that we do it. Um, you know, I think I think other festivals have done it in the past, and, and I'm sure they'll do it in the future. But it's such hard work. Or, okay, let's let's go back ten years. You used to talk to agents to book a band. They wouldn't talk to you a year out. They would say, Your show's not for a year, come back to me in three or four months and we'll have a look. Right. Whereas now you're not you're not just a year ahead. You kind of and I said this earlier on, you know, Vicky's talking to bands already for twenty five. You know, yeah. in some cases you're eighteen months, two years ahead. So I think bands That's in, it. and it's kind of really I guess propelled itself since COVID because everybody had to put everything on hold for a year or two. So nobody was out touring and doing shows. So they had a backlog of shows. So then they became a case that we need to fork forward now plan we're doing this next this year because of we had it, we couldn't do anything last year next year what are we doing okay what are we gonna do the year after that so bands are starting to plan a little bit further ahead yeah uh, it's helpful for I think the more to the point for the fans because as you said they can make informed decisions and if you can tell a band of fans or the fans when they're all together and they're enjoying the weekend and they're having the best time of their lives Guess what's coming next year? Yeah. That whole hype element of of this is amazing, I can't wait, I wanna get my I wanna come, you know, I, I think it's important and it and it allows us to, if you like, put the message out to our biggest captive audience possible. And yeah. that captive audience is right in front of you on the weekend itself. So I don't think you could there's a there's a better time to announce a band personally. Um, but it is down to, you know, it's not just down to the shows, it's not down to bloodstock, it's down to the agents, the managers, the bands, if they're able to make those decisions that far ahead. You know, and and a lot of cases now they can, but there are bands that, that for whatever reason and for whatever level they sit at, necessarily don't make those decisions that quickly. So it's not always the festival's fault. Um, I think we're kind of blessed where we sit that we have a lot of options available to us that we can talk to quite in advance of the show, um, you know, and and make some good decisions. So, you know, we'll do the same next year. We already know that we'll have one or two bands locked in well before next year, and, and hopefully go out with a dozen or so for for twenty
4: twenty
3: five. That was one
0: of my that's always
3: one of my favourite parts of Bloodstock is that is that kind of mm. next year's lineup announcement and the crowd. Well, I say in the crowd, standing at the bar in the Jägermeister Tent, as yeah. where I can usually be found. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's like I, I'm in a math for next year. One of my favourite bands in the world at the moment, you know, and I have been for some years. But I also love the reaction to bands at like Architects when they're getting mm. booed. Same up with Parkway Drive and Parkway Drive fucking killed it. It was a great booking. Yeah. And architects will do exactly the same next year. They yeah. will kill it, and they'll have the crowd eating it out the palm of the hand. Yeah. And I, I just love that kind of that raw emotion of of people getting their favorite band announced. People are getting a band which they, they don't really know
0: announced. Just, I think it's, it's just, a true reflection of the ba- of, the, of, the, of the, the sorry to cut across. I think it's a true a true reflection of the fans' true feelings when you announce something online. The most vocal people that ever go online are generally tends to be negative and they amplify their voice and and those that are sort of sort of agreeing with them amplify that initial voice. I think when you do it in an environment that's physically live, you get that true reaction. Now, when we announced the bands this year, you know, and and most of the bands were the same, but certainly the one that you would say would be the, the, the risk, if you like, if we go to a part way drive scenario, you would say, okay, that's Architects. The voice of the fans clearly spoke. It was the, certainly, for me, the loudest cheer of every band we announced this year was for Architects. You know,
3: uh-huh. and I thought
0: that was super. Absolutely. You know, and, I, I I got to
3: admit as well, I wasn't a Parkway Drive fan. No. And I, and I, I didn't boo. I de- I'd never boo a band. You know It could be the person next to you saying a band that wouldn't do that. But I was like, well, oh, it's an interesting booking. And, and I went and I thought, you know what, I'm going to watch the show. I don't... I don't. And they blew me away. Yeah. And, and they absolutely blew me away. And you think, this is why they're booked, because yeah. they're fucking
0: brilliant. Well, look, Vicky goes to, to, goes to the shows, you know, throughout the year with Simon and, and you know, with, with her partner Alan, and she sees a lot of these bands live, so she's seen the show. You know, conversations are had of, you know, okay, well, how are you going to sort of, from, you know, whether it's the Ali Pali or whatever else it might might be, change that show for a festival environment, for a headline position, let's say, where, you know, Partway Drive, Architects, whoever. And, you know, Partway Drive said, just trust us, you know, we'll, we'll do it. And they absolutely, as you said blew it out the park by far and to be honest I'm expecting very much the same from Architects I'm expecting an amazing show that's going to wow the crowd and everyone's going to be absolutely in awe of that band and I think where we did with and we've done it with um, Hatebreed over the years you know where their their initial reaction it was kind of a bit well is it good is it bad they're absolutely loved by the Bloodstock crowd now Um, so a part way drive and and I'd expect the same outcome for Architects I think it's going to be a great show
3: and I, I think that's that's one thing you can give to the Bloodstock fans is they might not be sure they might not be a you know your classic Bloodstock type band, mm. but they still turn up and watch them, and they yeah. still give them the respect that they deserve, and yeah. they, they walk away with more fans. Like, I don't think you get that at many of the festivals. Certainly not in the UK,
1: no,
3: um, because people just
0: wouldn't turn up to watch them. Well, look, from our, our side of things, you know, if, if you look at a lot of the bigger festivals, I'm not going to name it, name any names, obviously, but there's, they're, they're, they've got to sell tickets for big numbers of people. You know, they've got to have sure things. They've got to have certain headliners that are kind of guaranteed ticket sellers. I think the way we tend to work for Bloodstock, we like to think of Bloodstock as the headline, you know, rather than individual bands. In the same way, if you could turn around and say, and by means, well, I'm not comparing us to it, but Glastonbury sells out because it's Glastonbury, not because of necessarily who's playing. It's, it's very much sold on the show. And it's the kind of similar ethos we want Bloodstock to be because it's Bloodstock, not necessarily who's playing it because you're going to have a great weekend. You know you are. The bands have still got to be quality, good bands that are going to deliver a great show. Um, But, you know, from our side of things, we want to propel those bands that have generally sat top end of the bill on, let's say, other shows into headline slots that's going to start putting them up the ladder because it's important that we start to encourage and promote those next headliners. That's the critical thing because we can't keep recirculating everything that's already out there as a headline show. We've got to start propelling and pushing those, those bigger bands that are out there in front of eager, willing audiences that want to sort of support.
2: So you've been at uh, Caton Hall in Derbyshire for a long time now, isn't it, since uh, you were at an indoor festival.
0: Mm. Um, do you see a time in the future where you'll outgrow the site? we've got We've got the potential for sort of depending on orientation and and some clever jiggling around from the site teams to expand a little bit more um aspirationally, we don't think we want to be any bigger than sort of twenty five thousand and and that's not to for, for, for us it's not just a commercial so many tickets get loads of money and you know happy days let's all go buy a Ferrari if that was the case <laughs> you know that would be fantastic it's not. You know I'm, I'm driving around in a second hand eight-year-old car that i love fit and you know it's, it, it is what it is it's not about the money it's about delivering a show that for us we're, we're proud of that we we know everything's happening it's not too big that you lose control of it not that people lose control of bigger shows it's just that that feel that the fans have with bloodstock being as it is and the size it is i think would be a terrible shame to lose that because we get too big you know, and you can't then manage that experience. Whereas at the moment we can manage that quite well,
2: uh, because the, the layout does tend to stay the same, doesn't it, every year? So I guess if you if if everything is within, you know, you know where everything is, like the street yeah. that you live on, you know, if nothing changes, <laughs> then you, yeah. you're quite comfortable in in managing your own activity.
0: Yeah. yeah, we want we want to bring in different elements and different things to sort of in, sort of improve the fan experience, whether that's activity activation you know, quirks, some more cosmetic enhancements and things like that, which I think are great to do. Um, But ultimately, if it's not broken, I think don't try and fix it. Don't meddle. Because we've got, I like to think at the moment, and I think people generally tend to agree, we've got a relatively solid formula that works pretty well. So I think, you know, if you meddle with it too much, people are going to miss elements that we remove and may not sort of gel with newer elements we sort of bring in. So the changes that we make, if anything, are are subtle and thought out rather than just sort of thrown in for you know a reaction i think uh, i think one last question from us
3: we've got a couple of listener questions if that's okay
0: sure
3: um who would be your dream
0: booking for the festival I, well, i'm an old school um, rock fan and I, i'd love and i met them a few years ago when they played in nottingham i, I personally would love Def leopard as one of the headliners one day you know wow. it, a, it would be a classic sunday close Um, you know whether they're outside of our budget at the moment possibly but it would be for me I I just love that band and it's it's one of those bands I've kind of grown up with over the years and kind of really loved everything they've done I didn't kind of gel very much with the latest orchestral elements of what they did Um, I preferred more the old school stuff but you know it's each to their own isn't it so for me I I would like that old school um, hit and then coupled that I'd love Slayer to reform again Mm -hmm. and, and come back and do another show yeah
3: yeah, But you know, I would I, I mean, I, the Def, Def Leppard are a, a Marmite band for a lot of people as well, but I yeah, love them. Man. And I, I, I've I've met Joe a few times because um, th- he's a massive fan of Ian Hunter of Mot the Hoople, mm. um, Glam Rock from the 70s, and I'm a massive fan of Hunter myself. So, you know, I've had beers with him at, at, at shows before, and he's such, such a nice guy that yeah, yeah. Yeah, he'll probably play Bloodstock for you. Just ask him.
0: <laughs> just him I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. I mean there was there was a story funny enough and, and whether I should tell this or not I don't know but I'm gonna tell it anyway. Um they had a load of guitars went missing years and years ago. Um and somehow we got offered these guitars probably about five, six, seven years ago, on the kind of black market. We're not into the black market, but somebody approached us and said, I've got these guitars. They wanted a fair bit of money for them. And we just said, no, I'm not paying you that, you know. But we thought, you know what, if they are, what a great thing to be able to get hold of and and whatever. But if they're not, okay, we've maybe lost, you know, a little bit of money, but it's not the end of the world. So we we agreed a deal, ended up getting these guitars in. And genuinely, we contacted the band. They were their guitars that went missing. And there was 15 of these guitars, including... Um, a hysteria guitar that was all sign written, um, you know, a, a couple of really expensive ones. Joey had a very small sort of practice guitar he used to use backstage before he went out. And uh, yeah, we reunited them all with the band, which I thought was such wow. a lovely thing to do. We, you know, For us, it was not a case of, oh, look at us, look what we've done. I just thought <laughs> it, was, it was a part of history because I kind of grew up with it, and as did Rachel and Vicky and everyone else, grew up with Def Leppard. For us, it was just, it was just, it, kind of had to be had to be done it was the right thing to do we didn't ask the band to pay us the money back for or anything else it was just one of those things that I just felt that if we didn't do it part of history would be lost you know and, and probably sold off in, in sort of fractious bits and everything else and not to be returned so it was lovely to be able to sort of get these back I mean they, they stunk I have to say they did smell a little bit iffy. <laughs> I don't know where they've been stored but um, yeah I think I think Joey I spoke to him about it at the time and I think they were taking them back in to get them all reconditioned and, and sort of put on display. So, um, yeah, nice little
3: story. So they owe you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. We'll <laughs> see.
2: Yeah, perhaps remind, of, remind them of that when you're booking. Yeah, I think, you know. I think when I
0: send that to the agents, you'll probably snip that bit off. So. <laughs>
3: uh, so, Matthew Pepper asks Will Bloodstock ever
0: get any TV coverage? It's it's a bit of a difficult one, and and we do talk to TV companies about it quite often. But it's and this is what worried, what concerns me a little bit to the fact it annoys me more than concerns me is that you get that same response of well, it's not really commercial TV, is it? You know, it's a bit extreme, isn't it? And it's like, well, no, it's not. You know, you 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 broadcast and play some horrific music on on certain channels, <laughs> and, and it is. I'm not going to lie, some of this stuff is absolute drivel that goes yeah. out there. Yeah. You know, where you've got then metal that's got so much emotion and raw power behind it and talent. And it has one of the most, you know, the longest standing, widest reaching followings across the globe. Yet it seems to be certainly from the extreme side of things very much put on the shelf because they don't think there's a commercial appeal. And I just think whoever's making these decisions is obviously a pop culture individual and not a music fan. So, yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit annoyed about that, but that's what it is, yeah. So we do keep trying, and maybe one day they'll employ somebody that knows about music and they'll make the right decision. Fingers crossed.
3: Yeah. You deserve it. Um, Sarah Thompson asks, and please let me go through this very quickly. When will the dressing gowns be back in stock? Will the Spudman van be in the main arena? Or do we need to buy it? Did Vicky swear a lot when Ben Joseph was made official? And what time do the gates open? Now, I, I, you know, Bloodstock Live on, on Facebook and Insta, I, I get what she's getting at. But she says, in all seriousness, can you book Andromedas to play the Sophie stage? <laughs> well, and, the also, biggest... and also, when are the dressing gowns
0: coming back in stock? Dressing gowns will be coming back in stock. They sold out much quicker than we thought, so they're coming back soon. Um, and we'll post up on the socials when that happens. Um, what was the next question? Does Vicky swear a lot? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly, behind when she does interviews, every time she goes to an interview, I have to say, "Do not swear," because she cannot help herself sometimes. Because I think she swears at Alan quite a lot at home, so she's kind of used to doing it. But <laughs> <laughs> she get her on on Festpod; she'd fit right in. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I haven't swore once. Yeah, you, I you haven't? I've noticed. Yeah. You've been very good.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my last cheeky question, actually, it's not cheeky because it wasn't me that said it, but Katie Gosling asks, "Can Festpod have press passes again next year, please?"
0: Absolutely, why not? Yeah.
3: That's a genuine question from one of our fans. Honestly,
0: yeah, I've yeah. no lot. At the end of the day, you know, we want to support the likes of yourselves. I've watched a lot of your shows. I enjoy them. You know, and I think doing some Bloodstock specials and some content at the festival is absolutely bang on. So yeah, hundred percent. Thank you. We had we'll we're, we're, we're we're a wonderful time. Whenever you're ready, sure. we know we you had know a great time. Yeah. With our team, so just make contact with them and they'll get it sorted. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. a great. We had a great time. Kirsten and Michelle were absolutely phenomenal. Uh, they are. They're amazing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, especially my first time at Bloodstock as well. Not, not an introduction! Basket. No, exactly. No, I'm coming back. Hopefully. Glad <laughs> we'll to hear it. So, thanks, Adam, for joining us. Uh, we've had a, we've got into some great subjects there, haven't we? We've we've learned lots, um, and uh, we're we're just raving for next year now. Yeah, we can't wait. Can't
0: wait to welcome everybody back. And you've not got your tickets? You know what to do. There you go. <laughs> Thank Cheers, you, Adam.
3: Adam. Thank you very much. <laughs> Cheers,
0: thank you. So, thanks again to
2: Adam Gregory for having a chat with us. Um, Eamon was absent during the entire thing, but that's all right. We're catching him up. It's all right. My mom wrote me a sick note. Did
3: she? <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's the she excuse? Did? A, what's the excuse this time, sure to you? It's it's whatever she can bother
4: to make up. Whatever I pay. Were you
3: at some local rap battle or?
4: Yeah, I was. I, it was me, John Cena. And that guy from No Mercy many years ago. Just, uh, <laughs> guy
3: from No Mercy,
4: wrapping it out.
3: Wow.
2: Um, so yeah, we we are um, just mad looking forward to Bloodstock next year. Uh, it, it, I mean, even when we were there and all the um, the acts for next year were being announced, it was it's just looking like a great lineup. Um.
3: It 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 is, and there's there's a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement. I can't wait to see what architects do as well. Same as Adam said, what architects can do, it's gonna be the same. You know, they're gonna have the crowd eating out the palms of the hands, just like Parkway Drive did when they were a bit of a Marmite band. Uh it's exciting times. I cannot wait for next year. And also, can I just put on the record to 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 Kirsten and Michelle? I'm sorry that we didn't bring your wine this year. Um my 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 contact didn't tell me this until after the festival, so we owe you a bottle of wine each. I do apologize. Much love.
2: What's what's this
3: about, Rich? <laughs> I don't know about this. We're su- we're supposed to supply wine to the PR girls. Oh, are we? Yeah, we fucked up.
2: Oh yeah, we well, uh, I, un- I unofficially,
3: unofficially, right. unofficially, but yeah, yeah. We, I, oh, black market wine or something? Yeah, black market yeah, wine, black yeah, wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I I I was told post, myself I was told post <laughs> festival by squatter that we should have taken wine for them. It's like for oh. fuck's sake, man! Why didn't they tell us beforehand? Okay,
2: um, well, that's in mind. Thanks for for chatting to us, Adam Gregory, and we're going to wrap the show up here. Um, so it's time to plug what else you do. Um so let's start off with Shorty E, because you are a very busy man these days,
4: aren't you? I, I am a I'm a busy man all the time, you know, with life. Um You are? Fug yeah, life Fug Life, crazy Fugonomics. Um <laughs> The Doctor of <laughs> The Doctor of Fugonomics. So obviously we've got my uh my Twitch stream in life, twitch.tv slash shorty e TV. Um I'm also doing some random shit on YouTube now where if you really like my voice for some reason, because nah. you're a weirdo, no. you could listen to me chat about other stuff that isn't music. Um I kinda doing I'm calling it a podcast. It's not a podcast. This is a podcast. But it's not a podcast. I'm just is this, shit.
3: It's just why you couldn't be asked coming to London for the for the last episode, because you were too busy swallowing about your new mate to do your <laughs> new podcast. I
4: wish it was that. I wish it was that. Um but it's, uh, yeah, so that's all YouTube. YouTube slash Shorty E, Twitch slash Shorty E, slash Shorty E. Slush. Just, just go. Oh, so it's the same channel. It's not a different channel. Or no, anything? I'm keeping everything under, under Shorty E on YouTube, right. on Twitch, on okay. It's 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 just me. For people that like me, which is at least my mother... Sorry, no, she doesn't like you. She card. told me. She told me she doesn't like you. <laughs> well, she's, she said, she's like contractually obliged to care. She said no no, right. she said you're a cunt. She said
3: she said she said she said to me, I wish you were my son instead of Eamon. That's what she said to me. And no, I said, Irene, fair. I said, Irene, that's not fair. Okay? Just because he's a cunt, he deserves a mother. Love him.
4: Love him. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bob. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, I'll get so, better. <laughs> I promise.
2: Yeah, so so so, Aman's so, uh, mom just tune in to the to the YouTube channel and see that if he gets
4: better. Uh, so it's mom, shorty. I've got
3: it going on.
4: It's, yeah, shorty <laughs> eat everywhere. Right, okay. Rich Holmes.
3: I'm so sorry,
4: Neil. I'm such a. I, know, I don't know what the
2: hell's got into you today. <laughs>
3: I'm just high on life, brother. Okay. I am high on life. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we're recording this on Friday the 13th of October. Oh, I forgot to mention that, oh. yes. Right. I do not even know. T- tomorrow we are seeing the mighty crushed by fucking waves. Who the fuck are crushed by waves, motherfucker? <laughs> right?
2: We are, yes. I have I've misplaced – well, I've not misplaced it. It's in the other room, my hat. <laughs> um, I don't always keep it close to hand. Um, Hang on. With oh, uh, right, okay. He's putting his hat on. It says Crush by Waves. Oh, your hat on over the. Oh, I see. Ah, uh, now There it is.
4: Wow, they've got a good merch range. If it fits your head,
3: Aaron. <laughs> I fucking love you, brother. I'm gonna see you tomorrow night. I'm gonna cuddle you, and you're gonna cuddle me. I'm gonna buy some Crushed by Waves merch. Love the new T-shirt. Let's get on it. New video out as well. Get on it. Crushed by my Waves. Who the fuck are Crushed by Waves? Get on them. Fucking love them.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean
3: this yeah okay so what else do you do what else do you do I just do crush by waves is that all you plug in that's all I do uh, I'm not worth plugging um, plug my, yourself my, my butt plug failed um, <laughs> and um, I can't it's hear you actually it, quite it. messy um, well you know I got some ass water <laughs> first could give me an enema um, I, obviously all the photography shit Richard Holmes photography on the socials I'm not doing much at the moment uh, I'm hoping to get back out there. It's winter time, it's my favourite time. Um
2: uh, do you not fly your drone in winter time? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause you can potentially get quite some quite nice shots, yeah. I should imagine.
3: You've got to be careful with the temperature and like dew points and stuff because um Oh,
2: there was some technical shit involved yeah, said, yeah Oh I'm, yeah, fuck
3: that. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't
4: forget it. Yeah, forget
3: it. <laughs> I, I couldn't explain it because I'm just I'm just a drone operator. Um I'm, I'm, Oh, I'm, I see. Um, I thought you were a pilot. No, I'm definitely not a pilot. Um, but you know the corrected
2: by a comment in, in <laughs>
3: No, 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 no. No, no. I am I am what I am. I will get I will I will get the drone out um in the coming weeks and months. Um hopefully get some nice kind of snowy stuff, icy stuff, frosty stuff, jack frost. Um So if, if you like pictures Basically, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, follow Rich Holmes. It's Richard Holmes' photography, isn't it? Thank
3: you, Leon. Thank you
2: very much for plugging me.
4: Wow.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> so if you like what you've heard, bless you, uh, please consider supporting <laughs> FestPod <laughs> on Patreon. Uh, we are relaunching that as uh, – what did we decide we were going to call it? Because I've forgotten now. We, we've had the VIP club? Something like that. Uh,
4: yeah.
3: Uh, I can't remember. Was it VIP it's, or back, b- backstage club or VIP club? VIP it is,
4: club. It's really strong branding. It's really strong yeah, man. It's so it's so it's so
3: strong. But uh...
2: well, we chatted about a month ago, maybe. But yeah, we're, we're rebranding as VIP club, I think. Um, and so it's going to have a live feed, so you can watch all of this
4: happen. Fuck! <gasps> Why would can... anybody do that? Well, some people like If to. you have a spare six hours to spare to so watch the recorders' life,
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, and um, you know, if there's any outtakes, of course, you'll get to see them as well. Um, you'll get the show early. Um, and ad free. Ad, uh, free, ad free, ad um, free. And there's bits of merch that you get as a Patreon subscriber. Certain scub, levels scub.
3: subscriber, certain levels after three months, you get some merch.
2: Uh, so there's nice little bits that you get as a club, a VIP club member. We'll iron that out a little bit and yeah, make yeah, sure yeah, it's yeah, a bit yeah. more.
3: It's, 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 it's a jumping <laughs> off point. It's a jumping off point. That's what it
2: is. Yeah. Um, so uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was <laughs> the fact that if you want to, um, if you've noticed my beautiful hoodie.
3: and Nice breast. What Thank a you beautiful hoodie that is you've got on, Neil. Where can yes. we find
2: one of them? Well, you can go to Etsy.com and search for FestPod to find our store. We'll find all kinds of merch. There's lots of nice stuff on there. Um, and if you have enjoyed this program, please interact with it. Whether it's a like, whether it's a review, whether it's a subscribe, it tells the system that you're using, yes, I like FestPod and I want more.
1: more. Uh, which is
2: More. More. Um, <laughs> So so that's helpful. Thank you. Um, So that is it for this special 50th episode of FestPod, the unofficial rock festival guide. Thank you if you have listened to all 50. You're very special.
3: Here's the next 50. Can you imagine?
2: (laughs) Uh, And, of course, thanks to my amazing co-hosts, Rich Holmes there and Shorty E.
3: I, I, I've i been dead good I've been dead good today I was dead good with Adam I was dead professional
4: Yeah
3: And now I've lost all of it
4: I, I, uh, I was late I didn't show up
3: <laughs> And now I'm here <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: And also thanks to our previous hosts That's Dave Kingdon From maybe episodes 1 to 10 uh, And Lee Ellingham Episodes 1 to Probably Thirty-five. I don't know, something like that. Uh, but we've had we've had a number of hosts, and this is how we are presently. Um, so, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening and watching, and we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.
5: Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
3: Festpod, the unofficial rock festival guide, is part of the ACAST Creator Network.